Hello and welcome to the MES Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, we've got some NBA and NFL news to talk about, um, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, starting with the NFL news, we've got uh, Baker Mayfield. So his job is, spot has been kind of in question, and the Seahawks have said that they might have some some interest and it says Chris Collinsworth was thinking that that might make sense I mean I don't know Chris Collinsworth's um analysis ability or anything like that but what do you think about that possibility yeah I think it's probably more likely because I mean a lot of these a lot of the teams around the NFL already have their quarterback um of the future or will use the draft uh to get that quarterback so I mean the leftover spots are really just you know Seattle um, maybe the Steelers, but they seem like they're more likely uh, to go get a guy through the, through the draft. So I think Seattle would probably make. I mean, <laughs> they're one of the few teams that are left over. So I think they make the most sense out of them out of them all. I don't know if Baker really. I mean, I see what he's saying that they make sense because obviously Seattle needs a veteran guy, and then they could bring him in and still draft someone, and then be able to use that to try to like have someone behind him. And then if Baker does, starts playing bad, they could throw someone else in and. I get all that logic, but for me, I don't think Baker Mayfield is the type of quarterback Seattle needs at this time. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on the podcast not too long ago where I mentioned the fact that Baker Mayfield makes his, the team a little bit worse. And I think Geno Smith, um, I think uh, Drew Locke, I think one of those guys would do a better job, if, uh, quite frankly, than a guy like Baker Mayfield is would do, um, especially with this type of roster that Pete Carroll has put together. I don't know if DK Metcalf, like we'll talk about in a few minutes, will stay much longer. He's been... Uh, his name's been thrown up at trade rumors quite a bit. So then you're kind of just left with Freddie Swain and Tyler Lockett, um, Travis Homer, Chris Carson. Those are the running backs, obviously. So you're left with a little bit, of, little bit of pieces. But Baker Mayfield's not the type of the type of guy that can use all those pieces in a way that makes them better. In a lot of ways, when he was with the Browns, he made them you know worse. I mean, the passes were not on target a lot of times, overthrown or just completely off target. And went easily to defender that ended up losing them quite a few games last season and kind of threw them out of the playoff conversation due to those just miss misfire throws. And we've kind of grown accustomed to him with Baker Mayfield. We haven't really seen him change anything or turn anything around. So do I think Seattle should go blow a second, maybe third round draft pick on him? No. Um, they already did the trade for Russell Wilson. They got Drew Locke and they got Geno Smith. And then there's plenty of quarterbacks that will be sitting there in those early rounds, those top 15, top 20 rounds or whatever, uh, or not rounds, but picks, to definitely go in and draft a quarterback that will definitely be the quarterback of the future for you. So I don't think you should blow anything. I don't think Baker Mayfield is worth a first-round draft choice, and that's why no one's made a move at him. Um, I don't think anyone wants to invest that highly into a guy when we got plenty of good guys in the draft right now that can lead an offense and have proven they did a good job in the NCAA and definitely led their teams to get an amount of wins and can definitely make plays for you. So if you're sitting in the first round and you're sitting in the top 15 to 20 picks, there's really no reason to go blow it all and go go on a guy like Baker Mayfield. Now, obviously, Pete Carroll's strategy has always been and probably always will be go after the people uh, that are veteran players and then get rid of the guys that are on your roster and not really care about draft picks and then just throw them all away. Um, we've seen that can work. Uh, they w- went to back-to-back Super Bowls and I think it was like 2014, 2015, maybe it was 13 and 14, something like that. Um, and, and they won one of them, almost won the second one, probably should have, but you know that didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. And now it's in the highlights <laughs> forever, which is great. Um, but 
do I and also the Rams also were able to just basically just say I don't need draft choices and blow all their first round draft choices for for the foreseeable future, but they won a Super Bowl and now they see him post to, to win another Super Bowl because they took those chances. So it's worked out, but not always does it work out. It's a pretty big gamble. So blowing a first round, maybe even a second round draft pick on Baker Mayfield to bail the Browns out isn't what you want to be doing right now. Um, I also don't know if it, it, just because Deshaun Watson might not stay healthy for the entire season just because he hasn't played in a while and we don't know about the, uh, his health and that type of thing. So having Baker Mayfield as a backup might not be a bad option for the Browns just to keep him. And I don't know why we're trying to just force him out of Cleveland all of a sudden. Obviously, he doesn't want to stay and they said they would give him take him to the, or the place of his choice. But now the Colts got their quarterback. The Falcons got their quarterback. So that's all. Uh, geared up and ready to go. Um, Carolina's kind of sitting on that fringe, but it looks like Sam Darnold could be their quarterback, and they've been also talking to quarterbacks in the draft, so that's also ready to go. The uh, the Saints re-signed Jameis Winston. Tom Brady's back. The Eagles have their guy, Daniel Jones, and and, and for the Giants. So, Dak Pre- like everyone's kind of in a situation where they don't really need a quarterback at this point, and maybe the Green Bay Packers might have, but that, that's done too. So now you now your options of where you could send them to give him to his dream team isn't really an option anymore because there's like two teams. I'm blanking on that one, but Seattle is like the only other team that really needs a quarterback. So in Seattle, I just don't foresee spending that high of a draft choice if they're being smart and they're truly trying to change because my, the air that I'm getting about Seattle is this is a rebuild time and I think they feel as comfortable uh, as any team to go into the draft to pick that next guy or use one of the guys that they already got for the trade because you wouldn't go and trade Russell Wilson and pick up Drew Locke out of it if you didn't have a certain amount of confidence to the fact that he might be in that starting three conversation of the quarterback position and they feel comfortable using him at some point because if they didn't feel comfortable with him, they could have picked up different guys from that Denver team, and and Denver probably would have said yes. And then, but they said Drew Law, Noah Fam, uh, and then the defensive guy, and then some draft choices. So they're in pretty decent position. I think they're the tenth overall pick, I believe is what that is. I could be wrong. I'll check that. But that's kind of where they're sitting right now. So there's just really no reason for Baker Mayfield. I I understand what these guys around the league are saying with the Baker Mayfield stuff, and yes, maybe that would be the smarter decision. I just don't see him bringing any sort of upside to this team. I see him maybe even uh, diminishing this team to the point where they're not even in, even close to the conversation of playoff or Super Bowl contenders. But I believe guys in the draft could do way more and do way better out of the gate that Baker Mayfield has proven that he could do. So, And also, I think this coaching staff is trying to turn over a new leaf of winning a lot of football games. I don't think they're going to wait around for a guy like Baker Mayfield to catch up to the point where he started to play better football. He needs a team that's willing to mold and shape him into a really good quarterback. I don't see Seattle being that type of team for him and not, I don't see him, them doing what's necessary to help him out. So, I mean, I I don't, this will have to shake out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with it. Obviously the draft's coming up really shortly um, at this point what is it 22 days yeah so it will happen pretty shortly but yeah i agree i don't think they're i I don't think it'd be good for them he's been kind of on the decline the past few years and it doesn't seem like it'd be a good fit for the seahawks which have also kind of been on the decline the last few years as well so they need to kind of revamp like you're saying on the seattle topic though we just you just kind of mentioned it dk metcalf might be trying to get out of seattle we don't know jets are reportedly a potential suitor for him so what do you think of that situation do you think he's going to be going on to play for the Jets or go play for some other team or he's going to stick around? 
Well, if we hear from DK Metcalf, he hasn't heard anything. But that's not that surprising to me based off the fact that uh, Russell Wilson was staying in Seattle and that Pete uh, Carroll, not, uh, right. this team, had no intention of trading him. Yep. Similar things were said about DK. So it's not like that should be any, any sign that he's not leaving Seattle anytime soon, and he could very well be traded. I don't know if Seattle wants to spend the type of money that wide receivers are pulling at this point. I don't know why you would want to guaranteed. trade a wide receiver like DK Metcalf because he's been so good. The wide receivers in the draft right now, are very, very good, and you can get him on a rookie deal. DK Metcalf is like a year out from being off his rookie deal, and then you have to franchise tag him. And then you could try to franchise tag him again, um, yeah. but it's going to double each yeah. time, and then you're going to be paying him $75 million guaranteed, and you're like, okay, now my hands are tied, and I want to sign all these other players. And there's that whole fiasco brewing there. And that it's just the wide receiver market and the quarterback market have for some reason just blown up to gigantic sizes. And it's come to the point where I think more teams are willing to trade their star wide receivers then and then just go for the next generation. I think that's going to be something that we're going to see a lot unless teams are fairly confident that one extra guy is going to be the um the reason that they either make or break out of the Super Bowl. I think the Ram- or the Miami Dolphins felt that way and I, I believe the Raiders felt that way. I believe they feel like their rosters are at that point and they're going to spend that money on that last guy. So that's why they took the chances on Edward Adams, but that's probably why Green Bay didn't even keep him. Even though Green Bay probably should have because Green Bay is now in a world of pain that yeah. they don't want to be in. <laughs> yeah. Um the Chiefs might be. I don't know. It depends on what they do with their draft choices because they have plenty of opportunities to fix that. They're not one of the teams I'm extremely worried about, but I am a little concerned um, for their future. But Miami, I'm very excited about because I think they made the right choice. Seattle just screams, like I said, just screams rebuild. And the Jets are desperate. They really want a wide receiver. They tried and tried and tried with Ty, uh, T- uh, Tyree Kill. Didn't get it. So maybe they'll try to get a chance with DK Metcalf. Would not be that surprising. The Chiefs want an all-star player. Maybe they'll go for DK Metcalf because Metcalf is in that kind of uh, transition year where he'll try to get a bigger contract, maybe extension. You could franchise tag him one time, see how that all fits out for your team. But I think it would definitely add another element, uh, dimension that this Chiefs team doesn't doesn't really have at that wide receiver position because most of the wide receivers are fast and not that big. But DK Metcalf kind of fits that transition piece of not quite a tight end, has a similar body type, but also is very quick and get, get downfield very fast, as we've seen um, in yep. that play where he chased down Buda Baker and right, <laughs> stopped the touchdown. Yep. So he's definitely going to make some plays, but I would not be surprised if he's out of the door here in the next couple of weeks because, like I said, I don't see Seattle wanting to pay him that type of money. I just don't see them. Yeah, and that's kind of Pete Carroll's style is to rebuild every couple of years. He likes to go for the rookies and the undrafted. So Especially with how thick this wide receiver draft yeah. core is, now's the time to do it. Yeah. People are going to have to do something about that crazy salary cap thing that's going on. So we'll have to see how Salary that cap? Out. There's no such thing. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, you posted on umyesports.com Adam Schefter's link to the Eagles and Saints trade. Were they from, from this, what you posted, it looks like they just traded picks. Is that what yes, happened? Yes, just picks. So what do you think the deal is there? So the Saints got the picks around the 18th pick. They traded the 18th pick, and then they got the 19th and 16th pick. So what do you see? that they're, Are they trying to go for someone in front of the Eagles or something like that? They're not trying to get in front of the Eagles. I believe they're going after a wide receiver mm-hmm. and a, probably a cornerback, if I had to guess. Because now they're worried. They're like, Tom Brady's back. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Tom Brady was gone. Yeah. This, this, the NFC, the, they play the Rams at some point. If we want to get to the Super Bowl, I'm not too worried about the Green Bay Packers, but uh, I mean, I would like to be able to kind of rip them apart a little better with the wide receiver. So I think they're probably going to go after a wide receiver and they want to move up, but they're probably going to also want to get a cornerback because 
right now, I don't. They're not really in desperate need of a defensive end. They got Cam Jordan. They're they're fine on that front. Michael Thomas has been injured the last few seasons. They really haven't got anything consistent out of him. Yeah. Um. So they might just want to get a guy that can definitely blow past guys because, like I said, this wide receiver core is very or uh class is very like there's a lot of them and there's plenty of options to choose from. So I think they go cornerback first and try to steal one of those early guys because I don't think the Jaguars go for them. I I don't think these guys in front of them go. I don't think Seattle goes for a cornerback. So if none of these guys are in front of them are going to go for a quarterback, moving up makes a lot of sense. They lost some some draft capital later in later rounds and in, in, in later later drafts, but to they were thinking ahead because they don't want to get screwed over because a lot of times these really good teams pass up on opportunities to get really good players. AKA the Cowboys who are at number four said to Jalen Ramsey, we're drafting you did not draft him. And now he's who he is and he's on the Rams and the Cowboys are probably pretty upset with themselves. They don't want to repeat that mold, but I don't, I think the I think the Eagles made an interesting decision. I think the Eagles, like we talked about, were on par to make or on track to make a a better um, push at the Super Bowl or at playoffs because they could have made a really good effort on the end of the draft. It got some better defensive players, kind of plugged them in. I think that's what, probably where they were going or maybe even another pass rusher to go along with the guys that they already had. Um, and that would probably bet some good, but maybe they decided, okay, this we don't really need any of these guys. We got uh, Devontae Smith. We got Cox. We got um, Slay. We got guys. That, we got plenty in the secondary. We got any, everything we need. So we don't really need to make a big splash there. Let's kind of give it up. But the Saints are just on on track for that. And that also might mean that Michael Thomas in, in the Saints' days are coming to an end. Now, the other thing they could be doing is they could be trying to get a wide receiver and a quarterback. Because if you look at their quarterback situation, it's Jameis Winston, right? Yeah, and we all know Hill. from his seasons at the Bucks that nobody wants Jameis Winston as their number <laughs> one, one For a long time. Maybe they'll change him around. I mean, obviously, the injury last season, we didn't get to see exactly what he was about, but Maybe they're trying to get a wide receiver, another quarterback, just kind of play behind him and give some depth to that quarterback core that's really just a tight end slash wide receiver slash running back and an actual quarterback. And like I said, this 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 quarterback core is available. And if you make enough moves and you get high enough, you could definitely be in that conversation. This could also be a pivot draft choice, meaning they could be thinking about quarterback here, but then they pivot and pick a wide receiver. And that's perfectly fine too because no one will ever know that they were trying to go for a wide receiver. I mean, they just paid... Jameis Winston to bring him back, obviously, to a contract extension. So that happened. But there's still a possibility that they're trying to use this as kind of like, let's feel out the draft to see how those early rounds go. Because a lot of these guys that the, the money is made in the early rounds, especially with quarterbacks, I just feel like every year there's a quarterback conversation, but it's only like three or four really good ones. And everyone's trying to fight for that spot and they move up, but they can't get high enough. And then they feel bad. And then down the road, they're in the Super Bowl and they're like, that was my quarterback, but I messed the opportunity to draft him because I didn't trade up or I wasn't gutsy enough. So I think the Saints are just kind of trying to get in there. But I definitely think the later round draft choice is going to be used for whatever they don't get, either that quarterback or the wide receiver. Um, so I think it's a smart move by them. Get into the draft, make a play. This is the type of draft or trade you would see during the draft night because, like you mentioned, as zero players attached to it. It's just all draft choices. Yep. It's kind of surprising. But, you know, that's what happens when you're just a couple of weeks out from the draft and uh, things are starting to buzz. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah, and I was surprised. I was also just kind of surprised to see that they traded their 2023 first round and 2024 second round also. That's how much Eagles. confidence they have in the picks that they're about to get. You yeah, know? we'll have to see what they do because, yeah, like you said, they obviously are showing that they're confident in whatever they're looking for. All right, let's pivot to the NBA while we're talking player moves and things like that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, there's been some talk surrounding him and his days with the Utah Jazz. 
do you think he's on his way out of a team like the Utah Jazz? Um, I think, I mean, it's been a little bit since they've been super good. They're they're pretty good this season, but what do you think? Is he trying to make a move? Uh, I think eventually he's going to, I think all superstar players are on a quick check to be out of their team that they're currently in and the team that they're drafted for. That's just really how sports are kind of putting themselves together. I've heard articles, I've read articles that said um, that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are butting heads a little bit yeah, and kind of had some issues. Um, there's also been talks that Rudy's going to become available and Tampa's going to try to make a push at him. So it's going to be one of the two guys. I think that's probably what's going to come down to is who do they think is more. So would you see um, the Jazz trying to keep Mitchell instead of Gobert or trying to go the other way around? That's like, what I'm saying. One of those two people would have to go. I think. Cause who do you think they need more? I would say Donovan Mitchell you should keep. I think Gobert is good, and he can get you a lot of rebounds, and the pain is very physical inside. But you also have Whiteside, right, who can right. play that role. I mean, he did it in Portland. Yep. And then um, Nurkic obviously kind of gave the other piece of it. But you can have him in there. But Donovan Mitchell is just that guy that can give you the 40-point nights, the 10, 10 assists, the five-rebound night games consistently. Rudy Gobert is not going to give you 40 points a night. He might give you 15 points, yeah. which might be enough to put you over the edge with a guy like Donovan Mitchell still on your team. Yeah, but Donovan but, Mitchell's kind of the leader of the team. He's kind of the heart of that Utah right, he's, Jazz he's team. Right, he's the player that puts him on the map. You lose him, you lose the Utah Jazz, kind of. I mean, obviously they do have Clarkson still. They still have Whiteside. They still have good players, but I'm saying Donovan Mitchell's kind of that player yeah. that holds them together, that glue. So I, don't, I think if it comes down to that situation where they have to pick one or the other, I would not be surprised at all if Gobert walks and Donovan Mitchell stays. However... I also wouldn't be surprised if the other way around because I don't know if Donovan Mitchell wants to stay there. Yep. Usually when these reports come out and say they can't picture him staying, it usually means there's some inner turmoil that we cannot see from the inside or outside looking in. But that usually means that also he's he's looking at teams, looking at options, and probably will be on the way out in the next few years, probably when contract time starts up again because contract time always is the problem with teams and not being able to bridge that gap with the players and the players just kind of force away out and say goodbye and then get the money somewhere else. And there's plenty of teams... That would be more than happy to have him, the Cavaliers. I mean, that's the type of player that he would really boost that team up. I mean, Portland definitely needs some help because they lost C.J. McCollum, so they would be good. Maybe put him on a team like the Grizzlies, get another guy besides uh, Morant, and give a guy like that. Maybe even the Pelicans could definitely get a boost up from him like that. They'll definitely be the money. Maybe you put him on the Lakers team and you get AD out of there and Maybe and I read a report that said that um, the Knicks might overpay for Anthony Davis, and so maybe you can get him out of there and try to get um, Donovan Mitchell, who will not just kind of you know fall apart on the court and not be able to play any, and and he'll help you get to the the playing tournament. But I think for him, he probably wants to look at the contending team. So maybe like the Suns. I don't know how much the Suns are willing to do because they're in a good spot. But maybe you could get them onto the team like the 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 Bucks, who are definitely could use that. Maybe even the Nets. So there's plenty of teams around the league that you could see him going to. I think the Knicks also. The Knicks would have to be on it on have him on their radar and make a push. I think they make the most logical sense because they don't seem that far out, but they also don't seem that close. And they got like Donovan Mitchell can definitely close that gap from playoff to what they are this year where they are eliminated. So I think that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly state, because I forgot to state this, and I just remember this because playing tournaments so new. So just wanted to mention, playing tournaments are one game, not a seven-game series. I will address what the two I think will win each game because we're getting the nearing to the play, playing tournament. It's only a few more days out, so I just wanted to address that. Don't be telling your friends it's a seven-game series. It's a one game, one game, and then the winners. So it can speed things up. It's the 12th through the, I believe, the 14th and the or the 15th and then the 16th leaves when the playoffs start so it's a one game series all right getting excited for that we'll have to see what teams are going to be able to make it in through that playing tournament uh 
let's talk about the Nets 76ers deal. So the 76ers traded Ben Simmons to the to the Nets, and you just posted on MESports.com. Steve Nash says that Ben Simmons will not be making his debut in the playoffs or playing tournaments with the Nets. What do you think of that decision? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because Ben Simmons is the type of player who's not going to do great numbers, obviously, but he's really good on the offensive uh, or the defense side of the of the, of the the court. He can definitely hustle down, make a play, make a block, and then get you in a position to succeed, get assists, get to the free throw line. He's very a physical player. So you're not going to play him all this season, obviously, probably because of the uh, the back pain he's been dealing with, the, uh, the disc that he's been having to deal with. So obviously there's a health reason there. But I also think it's one of those things that, like, right now, I mean – the Nets' playoff hopes are super on the line. They've got to play the Cavaliers. And I think if the Nets play well, they can win against the Cavaliers. But they've had so many up and down and inconsistencies that I think Ben Simmons, if he was on the court, I would feel more comfortable saying they would win that game. But I can't say with confidence because I don't know if they have the right defensive pieces If because they're not playing with consistent. With Ben Simmons on the floor, I believe the consistency level of the defense will amp up because that's what we've seen when he was playing for the 76ers and when they were all on the court together. So I think I think they could just get absolutely thrown out of the play in tournament the first game in because I believe they're in the bottom part now where they're having to deal with if you lose, you're out completely. Yeah. And when you don't have that piece, that, that, that kind of that extra guy, you kind of start to play the what-if game. Like, what if they had him? Would they have been able to have more success? Or would they have been eliminated so fast? Would they be actually make it into the playoffs? All those questions that just kind of can't be answered because we don't really know. But obviously, the health of the player comes first. But I would have liked to see him kind of play. I was a little surprised when they said that he would not be playing at all. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that's another reason why during when the 76ers he didn't play was it another a little bit of an injury because we didn't hear about the injury until he got traded and then we started hearing about the injury and why he's not playing so I wonder if that's also why the 76ers didn't where that's why he didn't go back and he wasn't telling the 76ers that he was injured so the deal would still go through I don't know but it seemed like that might be a little bit of the case so I think obviously health comes first you can't argue that this is this is sports but these are also people but you also have to feel like that sucks because I feel like the Nets would have had a better opportunity to win this basketball game had they had a full, healthy team. And that's one of the things with the Nets that they've been dealing with is they can't stay healthy for a long period of time. I believe that will change, and we're getting into a new leaf and a new time. But right now, we're still kind of stuck in the old ways because, obviously, injuries happen to players. But they got rid of James Harden, and they got rid of Paul Millsap. So these, the guys that are kind of injury-prone are gone, and now they can turn over the new leaf and try to play ball and not be injured all the time and be able to see what this team looks like if they stay healthy for a complete yeah complete season yeah that's interesting we'll have to see how the playing tournament goes out and we'll have to see i, I guess ben simmons like you said he's not going to be playing so we'll have to see how that affects them and, and kind of have to deal with the aftermath of that but we'll have to see how it all shakes out that is all we have for today um for this first episode of the week it was good talking in a phone nba yeah with you and we will resume on Wednesday with more news. Yeah, see ya. See ya. God bless you.